welcome to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. I'm Drew Carpenter, your host on the podcast for all kinds of ministers and other followers of Jesus who work in relative obscurity. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Dan Ryland. Dan is executive pastor at 12 Stone Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. He previously partnered with John Maxwell for 20 years, first as executive pastor at Skyline Wesleyan Church in San Diego, then as vice president of leadership and church development at Enjoy. Dan is best known as a leader with a pastor's heart and a coach's instincts. He truly loves the local church and has been described as one of the nation's most innovative church thinkers. His passion is developing and empowering leaders who want to grow, are willing to take risks, and enjoy the journey. His latest book is Confident Leader, and it's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining me on the Obscure Pastor Podcast. Hey, Drew. Uh, it's great to be here with you and the listeners. I'm looking forward to this. All right. This should, it should be fun. I'm pretty, I'm not a, I, I don't have any gotcha questions really, other than we'll see at the end. So <laughs> we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, why did you write Confident Leader and why are you excited about it? Yeah, um, uh, that's a big question. But I, honestly, I didn't write it, uh, Drew, because I, I don't think leaders are confident in general or, or not. But but because I've just watched for so many years, decade, decades actually, that so many leaders' confidence uh, kind of rides like a roller coaster. It's a lot of ups and downs and highs and lows depending on, on circumstances. You know, anything from attendance, on Sunday attendance, to a conflict with somebody, to financial issues or growth and success. Um, and and, and I've, I've watched it for a long time lead to things like overconfidence and underconfidence. And, and either one of those will get you in trouble. Um, you know, the, the extreme of overconfidence takes you to arrogance. The extreme of underconfidence takes you to avoidance because you pull back. And so I just had a passion over the years of coaching and, and to, to write something that would help leaders develop Show that it's a process to develop an authentic and consistent um, uh, level of, of of confidence. So that's why I wrote it. Um, I can I can keep going if you want. We can talk. We can well, chat, or I can go to why yeah. I'm excited about it. But no, you, you know, yeah. Well, I it's interesting. The title itself is is interesting because it can be. Yeah, I think when we think confident, we think sometimes arrogant or cocky or sure of oneself, and those are those are those can be negative. But you also, when you look to somebody in leadership, you want to feel like they're competent, right? You want to feel like they know what they're doing, and they're not second guessing themselves all the time, and that therefore you're not second guessing them. So, uh, I I got exactly. the book a couple of days ago, and so I've been. I've been getting, trying to get through it and before in preparation for this, but sure. um, it's really, I mean, it, it's very, it's helpful to bring in some biblical leaders and insight that we don't always get from a, another place that tells you how to be a leader or how to, how to manage your life or manage your church. Well, so yeah. I appreciate that aspect of what you're trying to do here. Yeah. What are you excited about it? Well, um, a couple of things, and th these are these are a little bit more on the personal side, but they're also super relevant, Drew. I, one of them is I'm I'm already it's only been out for a month or so, and I'm already getting really great reports. I mean, I'm a people guy, and so when I get notes and emails and texts and 
you know, messenger, messenger you know, uh, so on social. Uh, and they're just always giving, um, like, this is really helpful. Here, here, um, uh, here's the one that's the most common. And I, this one surprises me, but it's the most common comment from, from leaders of all ages, all churches, all over. And they said, I thought I would just breeze through the book and pick up some helpful nuggets and move on. And yet instead, I found myself there saying to me, um, I've got to slow down and think about this. I've got to, it's not like it's academically difficult, but I've got to slow down and think about this and process this and like, huh, I didn't think of that or wow, okay. And that's, that's encouraging to me because, you know, I spent a couple, two and a half years and, and a lot of heart in it. So that it's having traction already is, that's exciting to me. And then another one, I'll just do one of There's a couple of surprises to me in the writing of the book. And I'll just, I'll just tell you about one of them. Uh, that, that I didn't have planned when I started. And I was four chapters in before this idea hit me. It was all, you know, it was all structured and organized. And I was four chapters in before I had this idea. I thought, you know, it's okay to, for an author to tell his or her stories. And we all do that. And, and that's okay. But I thought, you know, how much deeper and richer and broader would the book be if it had other people's stories? And so I called a friend and, and said, would you mind if I do an in-depth interview connected to this particular chapter? And we did it. And I thought, well, that was amazing. Then I called Sam Chan, a mentor and friend. I said, could we do, uh, could I interview you? Like an extensive interview. And 11 interviews later, I, I think it's one of the strongest elements of the book. And people are finding themselves in these stories. And so I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what God wants to do in and through his church and his leaders with this book. That's cool. And I, you know, I saw there, there's a, a space in there with, about Kerry Newhoff and yeah. some of the challenges he, he, he faced. Just, He's one of those his, just his story. He's one of those stories. And I don't know if you interviewed him. I don't remember if that was the case or not. I did. But, uh-huh, I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, to see, because... I think about this, you know, I'm an obscure pastor. I, I feel like I do good work. The people I interview, some of them are more obscure than I am. And, but to, to think about people that are leaders, that people are known, have many of the same issues that the oh, rest of yeah, us, yeah. quote unquote, normal people have. Right. And so um, <laughs> us, us, us mere mortals. exactly. Right. It's really, yeah. So that yeah. that's refreshing. And yeah, it, the way you have it written too is, I, there is a lot of narrative in there, but it's w- written in such a way that you can take notes. Like you can, you can act. I mean, and I do this with most anything that I read that's for, that's not, that's nonfiction. I'll have a pad and paper next to me and I will be writing things down. And if you make a really nice outline for me, I really appreciate that. <laughs> My nonfiction when I'm trying yep. to learn something. Yep. So I think that, that that's another thing that I think is really cool about how you set this cool. up. I appreciate that. Um, it is, the book is, it's put in, it's broken up into three parts Yep. and tell me about kind of the significance of those three parts. Just kind of, this is what we do on a podcast is we kind of, this is what I'm talking about in my book. I don't read the whole thing to you, but this is, here's the, here's kind of that, the, the skeleton of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give people a bird's eye view of, well, okay, we're talking about the book. So How's it structured? How's it organized? How's that work? I mean, what, what's the thinking behind it? And, and um, uh, because it's a developmental process, I'll, I'll tell you up front, or for the listeners too, of course, uh, 
it's not a, it was not intended to be a, mo- a motivational rah-rah, you can do it, you know, <laughs> a cheerleader kind of pump you up, uh, confident. That's not the book. It's a much more thoughtful uh, process-oriented developmental approach where you can, I mean, there are some very enjoyable stories and things, of course, but, but you can actually settle on and say, you know what, what do I think about where I'm at, where I'm at and how can I get better? So it's broken into three sections. And it starts with deep foundational decisions. The first, it's 15 chapters, and each of the three parts has five chapters. And, and uh, the first one is deep foundational decisions, decisions you have to make about, you know, your, the ownership, your own, you're taking ownership of your account, taking ownership of your leadership, your belief. What do you believe? Is God with you? What do you believe about yourself? You know, identity, attentiveness, soul. I love that chapter, the five core qualities of a, in the soul of a confident leader. And, then, and so you got to start with decisions, the fundamental decisions that you make and kind of guide you in a process. It doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you how to do it. And then, and then the second part is, is really cool. Uh, it's deliberate character development. Because once fundamental decisions are made, you really got to develop your character uh, to sustain those decisions. Um, and so I walk through five really big um, uh, kind of value-driven character things of consistency, authority, adaptability, improvement, resilience. And you can see, though, even though they're character, they're getting a little bit more practical. Um, and and then, it, and then it does get to the last part is very practical. Uh, it's literally called daily practical disciplines. Because the, the people who have known me for years, if I left out the practical stuff in this book, they they would be mad at me forever. So so we go we go deep inside, but then we come to the third section where we literally talk about direction and vision and focus and heart and communication and mentoring and we, we but, but but every chapter is connected to how it improves and develops your confidence. One thing that's kind of fun too, and if I'm if I'm talking too long, you just interrupt me, Drew. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you won't bother me at all. This is this is your podcast. I'm I'm the guest. This is fun. Is in each of those sections, there's a biblical narrative, um, and I had I had outside help on that narrative of a brilliant genius biblical researcher who helped me, and, and Brian did a brilliant job. And and uh, but we we went with uh, Moses on the first five, and David on the second five, and and um, Nehemiah on the third five, the unfolding narrative, five parts each. And of course, Moses, we, we drew him up as the reluctant leader. And then David, the passionate leader. And, and Nehemiah, the, the strategic leader. And so you can, you know, for those who love the biblical narrative, not just the practical and all the other things, it, it's just really kind of filled, uh, it filled the book out nicely. So that's, that's, how it, that's kind of how it's structured and put together. Very cool. Yeah. Well, what what do you what do you think? I mean, it's it is it written for pastors? Is it written for pl- lay people? Is, what what is? Oh, that's a great. What, what's your yeah? What are your what's the thought process behind that? Because yeah. I feel like we all need confidence in whatever vocation we are pursuing. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 overall uh, thirty thousand foot. You know how marketing about how the how the, the publisher would ask you. you know, who's this book for? That group would be church leaders, um, so meaning church staff, uh, your volunteer leaders. It, it's it, the this super narrow um, target would be church leaders, and the only reason for that, though, Drew, is because most of the illustrations, not all, but most of them, kind of live in the realm that I live in, because that's all I can write out of authentically is my world of thirty eight, thirty nine years as the church. So it 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 
kind of rests in that world. However, um, Christian, Christian, <laughs> Christian business people are picking it up and they're telling me it's very easy to just translate it to what they're doing. And I've been doing some teaching, uh, practicing teaching out of it and see how it lands and see what works. And, I'm, and we're finding a direct connect even to moms and dads in their confidence as a leader in their home. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you raising teenagers, raising kids, are you, how are you confident? Do you know what you're doing? How do you figure that out? Now, is that like leading an organization? No, no, it's not. But there are a lot of things that actually can be extracted uh, about your confidence as a leader in this way, in the home, in this way. Leadership is influence. And so if you're a mom or a dad and your job is to, your responsibility is to influence your kids, well, there's stuff in here that's going to help you do that. And you just have to take it from an organization down to uh, an organic unit called a family. And so... Um, while the big idea is for church leaders, we're finding applications past that. That's good. Yeah. So when we talk about confidence, what are, what are some of the things, um, you know, we, you talked about it being kind of a roller coaster ride of sometimes we feel very insecure and sometimes we feel like we can take on the world. Right. So you didn't yep. say that you said it was a roller coaster. I, I added the other stuff, but, you, but, but you're dead on. Yeah. Right. So what, what takes or steals away the confidence of a leader? Um, what are things that we're afraid of? Why do we not take the risks that we need to take? That's good. Yeah. In one particular chapter, I focus on that, um, the chapter that deals with belief. Um, and, and I think there, I think it, at least in my coaching of many, many leaders, actually thousands for all, all these decades, is that there are two primary thieves um, of confidence. And we know the narrative from Genesis 3, and we could go back there, but probably don't have time for that. But the narrative of fear and insecurity um, is just in us all because it's part of the fall. It's part of nature. It's part of who we are. And no matter how you know, confident you might be or lacking of confidence you, you might be, it just depends on where, who you are and where you are in, in the moment. Uh, fear, and, fear and insecurity, uh, when leaders are honest, um, affect us all to different degrees, but affect us all. With, with fear, I think there are five or six or seven, but the four I talk about most often, Drew, are fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, fear of the unknown. And because um, those are just real in, in leaders' lives everywhere, and particularly now. Um, that's just a big deal. And so, you know, when you, when, you, when you have a sense that you know God is with you, um, that's like, for example, so, you know, what can you do about it? What can you do about fear? I mean, and I know we've just got a couple of minutes here, but, but when you think about, well, what can I do about this fear? What do I, what do, I do? Can you just tell me something in a, couple, in a minute? Sure, I can. Um, one is to know that God's with you. Now, before you think that's just a platitude, like, yeah, 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 I know that. I'm not, talk <laughs> I'm not talking about, God loves you and you're saved and and academically, theologically, you you know the Great Commission, God will always be with you. I'm not talking about that. It's it's there are many, many, many leaders that know God loves them. They they know they're going to heaven. They they get all that, but they say, God, are you actually with me? Are you with me in this? Because sometimes I don't feel you with me. I look around at the results and I'm not sure you're with me. I'm a church planner and 
did you leave? <laughs> I thought you mm -hmm. gave me the vision. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm talking about that kind of thing. Are you with me? And the truth is God is with you. But when leaders get beat up a little bit or in a dry patch or in a batting slump, sometimes, you know, when they're honest, because I know, because I talk to them, they say, is God with me? And I think you've got to go back to there, start with your calling and know that God's with you. And from there, I think you accept your authority and the gifts that God, God has given you according to your calling. And then with fear, uh, always, 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 the great antidote to fear is take action. Do something. Take a step. Just do something. Take the next right step. So uh, the other one is, I know we're, and I know we're doing these kind of quick, but, but it's a good overview. And there's some nuggets you, your listeners can, our listeners can take right now. The other one, of course, is insecurity. And the truth is, no one wants to follow an insecure leader. The problem is we're all insecure a little bit mm. or a lot. There's, I've never met a leader who doesn't at least a little bit insecure. It's in, it's in, I mean, look at Genesis 3. I mean, it's just there. And, and um, so the good news is whether you're very insecure or a little insecure, it's about how you deal with your insecurities. And, wow, this is important. There's a gigantic difference between uh, being insecure about a thing in the moment, an event, a conversation, a vision cast. There's a great difference between being insecure in the moment and being an insecure person or a leader, mm. big difference. And, and, um, and, and you can rise up, you can actually rise above both, but rising above insecurity in the moment is what we, what we focus on here. And insecurity shows us up. I've got a couple of blog posts on it in my, in my blog, danron.com, but, but it shows itself up in ways like this that you and our listeners will recognize like people pleasing performance, defensiveness, unhealthy competition, taking yourself too seriously. That's all insecurity stuff. And and um, we can rise above that with things like, and of course, I talk a lot more about this in the book, but like literally, this one sounds funny. <laughs> Don't despise your insecurity. What does that mean? Well, it's just what I said. Everybody's got a, at least a little, maybe maybe not much, but at least a little. And some have a lot. So don't despise it. Recognize that it's common. It's common. So then, then next, you know, take a risk. Uh, another idea is take a risk and talk to somebody about it. Uh, a coach, a friend, a leader who's led farther than you. Uh, another idea you can do right away is identify the common triggers. What triggers your insecurity? As a leader growing up, as a young leader, I had to work on that. I had to, because I, I, I had just tremendous bouts of insecurity and I, and I didn't know what to do with it. Couldn't figure it out. Had to figure out the roots of it. For me, it was performance. I was just, you know, performing my way through leadership. And of course that doesn't work. And I had to figure out what triggered that performance. And, and then about ultimately uh, performance orientation and then ultimately take myself back to who I am in Christ. And, you know, those kinds of things uh, are very, very doable. And if a leader's courageous enough to, to slow down enough to say, I think I want to talk about this. I think I want to read about this. I think I want to work on it. You, you absolutely can. Yeah. I, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about, you know, in my mo moments of insecurity, it usually, I can usually tell like post post insecurity that I was, I will like justify myself with the words that I use, right? Yeah. Like something, yeah. will, something will happen and whether right or wrong and I'm not being understood or I'm not, maybe I'm not being very clear, but I'll just keep trying to, talk my way through it and explain myself. And that's, you know, that's totally, I think that goes against what Christ wants us to do, which is 
let your words be your words. Right. And yes, yes. And no, not anything else. And so, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's me being insecure too. It's not being able to figure out, okay, Andrew, just be quiet for a second. Take (laughs) Take a a pause. You don't have to justify everything that you do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's it. You know, we're going to end here in a little bit with um, you giving us some just real practical advice because we all could use a couple things to just, right now that would help us be a little bit more confident. And so mm-hmm. I, I would appreciate that. But I do have a couple that I ask all my guests on the Obscure Pastor podcast. The first one is, who is your favorite musical artist? It's in favorite? the moment. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, for me, it's been the same for uh, 40 years, 50, I don't know, in a long time. I'm a diehard Lennon, McCart- McCartney, uh, songwriting, Beatles. Uh, they are. They changed the world. No, <laughs> they did. Uh, that, it, they actually did. They, actually they changed did. part of it, right? They part did of it. Something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For good or bad, for good or bad. So yes, I am a diehard Beatles fan. My my, uh, you'll love this. My oh, we just had our first grandchild. We had our first. Uh, my my daughter and son-in-law had their awesome. a little girl. Her name is Anza. We adore her. She's four months old. And when she gets fussy, I promise you, this is the truth. It's so. When she gets fussy, the only song that calms her down and calms her instantaneously every time is McCartney's Yesterday. Mm. And so I'm saying, it's in the blood, baby. It's in the blood. (laughs) She's four months old and loves the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, I don't know if I should ask this to you or not. Did you ever (laughs) see them perform? I never got to see the Beatles perform, a, a bit of a disappointment, but I have seen Paul McCartney in concert three times, okay. and that was absolutely phenomenal. Of course, because he plays you know, many, many, many of the Beatles songs, right. but of course, in one concert, how can you play 350 plus songs? So, right. But yeah, so I've got to see uh, McCartney, and uh, that was awesome. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that with us. Sure. What, what's something about you that not a lot of people know? Not a lot of people know. Um, so I don't know how many people really follow my personal life or whatever, but I've been around a lot of perhaps they know this, perhaps they don't. But I was uh, a my my major in college before I went to seminary and God called me. I was a criminal justice administration major in San Diego where I grew up. And I was a private investigator for a little over a year. And that was quite the education. That was a wild ride. <laughs> hmm. So from PI to preacher. <laughs> well, I did. I think I saw. Was that in your book? Maybe you mentioned it. I don't. It rem- I don't think it was in this book. I think it was in the book before this one. Okay, because I have seen that before. Was it just the seedy underbelly stuff that you're like, oh man, I can't do this anymore, or was it just <laughs> the hours? No, it wasn't the hours, and it wasn't so much the seedy stuff because uh, there wasn't a lot of that. You know, the real life. PIs, about 50% of it is boring, like insurance fraud and doing yeah. searches and stuff. And there's about 50% that's like on TV. And that's, okay. that's, that's not cool. But for no, what, what it was is obviously, um, it, we don't have time for the story now, but God arrested me in a particular case that was on the TV side of life. Okay. And he just said, you know what, uh, this is not what I have for you. This is not the direction I need you to invest your life in. And had arrested me in that moment to, um, uh, follow my call because I had been pursuing ministry and pursuing God's call and pursuing seminary and all that stuff. And I pushed it all on pause and, and went back to, to this for again, a much longer story of why I did that. But in that moment, God said, this is not what I have for you. 
and you need to let this go and you need to go back on the plan I had you on. And I did. And I think there's probably a lot of people that are grateful that happened, including you and me. (laughs) I am. I am glad. Yes. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, so Dan, where's the best place for people to find you? I know I I found you initially on Twitter and you have danryland.com. Is that the best place for people to look or do you have another platform or spot that, hey, yeah, I try to keep it simple. And so I don't even have a website. Maybe I will someday, but, but I don't really sell stuff. So, I mean, books are on Amazon. So I have a simple blog, uh, but it's very, very active. And um, uh, every week, uh, a couple of times, usually. Um, this week is a little weird with all that's going on. And uh, we've had to be diverted a little bit. So danryland.com, danryland.com, R-E-I-L-A-N-D, danryland.com. That's where you can find me and you can talk to me, leave comments, and you can message me on social, on in all the channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Love to have you follow along. And I do my best. Uh, I don't hit it 100%, Drew, but I, I'm like 99% on responding to almost everything. Um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy helping. And I, well, I shouldn't say that. I enjoy being helpful. And uh, so there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a difference. And so, uh, yeah, I would love to get connected to any new listeners or new uh, leaders that I can be helpful to. Awesome. So Dan, thanks so much for doing this with us today. What kind of advice or encouragement can you give us before we end or close the, our time together? Oh, if I took, if I picked something right now, just relevant in this moment um, with COVID, all that's going on, although it's amazing because of the protests and things that we're all facing right now, how COVID almost got buried overnight. Um, so it's very complex. The cult- culture today is very complex and very um, layered and nuanced. And it's difficult to lead in that. Um, and so I think, I think for, for us today, I think adaptability is, is an, essential, um, an essential attribute and a, 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 yeah, an attribute that, that we need to embrace to be able to adapt, not forsaking our mission or who we are. And then, and then I think I would, I would say um, learning to lead from um, values over pressure. I think that's what I'm noticing in my own life uh, and, and the life of leaders I'm talking to. I'm very privileged and fortunate. I shouldn't say privileged, very blessed. I talked with a lot of leaders in a lot of large, large churches and small ones too, where, where in, a t- in times like this, we are really tempted to lead from pressure. There's a lot of pressure from a lot of voices in a lot of places. And, and some of it's good, some of it's not. We don't know if our people are coming back to church. When are they coming back? How many are coming back? What's going to happen to the finances? What about the racial issues? What about There's so much pressure that sometimes you can be uh, tempted to make decisions based on pressure. And we've got to try hard not to do that and make, make decisions based on our values. And, and I'm not, I don't mean this to be a, a platitude, uh, Drew. I know it's not easy but we all need to work on that as best we can. That's right. I appreciate that. And I thank you again for taking some time to be with us on the podcast. Sure. Um, Once again, Dan Ryland's new book is confident leader. You can get a copy on amazon.com. It'll 
deliver it right to your door, COVID or no. So right to your door. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you being with us today, Dan. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. You've been listening to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe today and sign up at obscurepastor.com for my brief weekly e-letter. It's a dose of encouragement and inspiration. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew Carpenter. So let's be friends.